1: Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy.
0: And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek.
1: So today we are very honored to have a truly wonderful person on the Superhero Therapy podcast, the delightfully entertaining Joe Gatto.
2: You guys said such nice things and you had such impressive intros. I feel like I should intro myself, but I have nothing as impressive to say.
1: <laughs> well, well that, that's funny because right now I just wanted you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself if you can.
2: Okay. My name is Joe Gatto. I am a comedian out of New York. That's on a couple TV shows you may have heard of or may not have heard of, Impractical Jokers and the Misery Index. And I am definitely an all around geek as
0: well. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Janina
1: and I know and love your show and practical jokers. In fact, we're the couple that can be heard hysterically laughing on the plane as we watch your show. We love watching your show together as we're traveling
0: <laughs> we fly a uh, lot it's and hilarious that tends to be the main show that we watch with our yeah,
2: that's great actually i have a pretty funny story when they just started putting it on a delta flight you know this is a couple seasons back and i was waiting to go to the restroom and i saw a person like laughing and i looked and they were watching the show yeah. <laughs> and they're watching the show and i'm waiting to look at the bathroom and the person felt me watching them looked up and looked at me <laughs> and then looked at the screen and looked back at me they looked back at the screen and was like wait a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then the guy was like, are you filming right now? And I was like, no, sir, I'm just going to Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's got to be very validating, too.
2: Yeah, it was cool to see him laughing. If I watched him change it, I might have been a little offended.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the many aspects of your show that I truly love is how you guys seem to balance humor with kindness. You're genuinely good dudes, and it really translates. So can you explain exactly what Impractical Jokers is and how the show came about?
2: Yeah, so we are a hidden camera comedy show. Basically, that revolves around our friendship of embarrassing each other in public. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, the show started, you know, we've been a comedy troupe for a long time. We've been friends since freshman year of high school. We know each other 30 years at this point. So it's an insane amount of time to know somebody and to laugh with somebody. (laughs) So we actually have just basically made the show about the way we made each other laugh which was we'd always just like have fun goofing around and trying to make each other feel embarrassed i mean this type of comedy is what i've always done with my friend sal my whole life he for a long time <laughs> he would barely take an elevator with me <laughs> he, would hate, he would hate when those doors would close because he knew something was coming like he took a lot of stairs in our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> The show is really just, it's inward, you know, it's not a typical prank show. We don't even consider it a prank show, but it does have that feel of a candid camera thing. But we are the butts of our own jokes. And I think that's where the kindness comes through. It really is. We're not out to make anyone feel bad. We're not out to get anyone. We just, they're collateral embarrassment to our craziness that's happening. And we're the butts of our own jokes. So (laughs) I think that's the part that people really like too, that you, we give you permission to laugh with your friends.
1: Yeah. Who comes up with the dares?
2: All of us beginning of each season we spend about six weeks in pre-production going through ideas of what we could do and we have a writer's room at this point too of comedy producers that help pitch ideas and then we'll work through the machine to be like okay how do we make this our show does it check all the boxes to be something that is impractical jokers and what's something new we could try What's something different we wanted to try What's something bigger or even smaller sometimes we'll just go back to something simple you know like there was a couple i think it was last season season seven we had an idea just to take cigarettes out of people's mouths I love that episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we made Mur do that as a punishment. You know, something simple like that or something grandiose like we made Sal survive a zombie apocalypse. We (laughs) hired like 40 actors and did a whole set design of this stuff. He had no idea what was happening. So it really runs the gamut and it gets really, uh, really fun and crazy.
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, my God. It's a zombie apocalypse. Oh,
2: my. Get away from me, you sons of bitches. (laughs) Oh, you gotta be (sighs) me right now. (sighs) Get the out of here, you stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, this is out of control. I'm (laughs) hyperventilating. You're gonna let your nieces get eaten by these zombies, or are you gonna get that key
0: and save their life?
1: You were explaining that you guys have been friends for a long time. How do you guys keep things so civil after having to do some really embarrassing challenges? Uh, for instance, something as embarrassing as opening up the bathroom door in a crowded restaurant and asking someone for their help scoring some toilet paper, which was brilliant, by the way. But how do
2: you guys yeah, stay civil? Yeah, that's one of those ones that's just like that stupid, simple kind of deal. But, you know, we've all been there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, I need a little help. <laughs> out of toilet paper. <laughs> a little help, can someone get me some toilet paper? I just took a huge and I only have this much left. It's a mess in here. Ma'am, I know you see me. Could you get someone? It doesn't even care. There's no shame. Can anyone help me, please? Please! This is the last piece of toilet paper! <laughs> I don't really have a shame gene. So to punish me, like I'm really pretty comfortable doing anything. So it's more of just putting on a show with me. And I think the guy's, like that and appreciate that and I think their inspiration for when they punished me is like what would we like to see Joe do Yeah, (laughs) and they just think of all these crazy things like you know let's make him a massage chair (laughs) 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 let's disguise him as a massage chair in the mall and let people sit and he has to massage him and that's like was one of their ideas and that was the punishment (laughs) just something as simple and silly as that so
0: (laughs) there is there is Joe you're in a massage chair
2: thanks for the update (laughs) yeah yeah, do you do you know what you think the climate's like in here? It's it's a it's a balmy 97 degrees. I'm ensconced in Pleather. Joe, where are your arms? Can you move them? Right <laughs> here. Where are your legs? They're here in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's what's it gonna be like when people sit on you? It's gonna hurt probably. So when they put their arms in the over the thing, you're gonna massage them with your hands? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Talking to me like I've done this before. <laughs> Oh, you mean the last time I was a massage (laughs) chair? I think a lot of people connect with too. If you watch that happen, you'd be like, "Oh my goodness, this is happening here! What's going on?" Yeah, Yeah.
1: there are (laughs) a few cringeworthy moments for sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely are. (laughs) But you go through a weird thing. There's a weird paradigm in it being in the show because you're this duality. First, you're like oh my God, I had to get through this. And on the other hand, you're so proud of your friends for thinking of such a great way to torture you. That's good for comedy and television. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, as is existing, like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, but people are going to love it. <laughs> you don't have a shameful bone in your body. Hey, I need a toilet, Be baby. ashamed of <laughs> something. Your pants are on your ankles. Don't be mad at me that you can't get me. I am going so? to get you. I promise you. All right, Kiss I you. bet you you don't. Know. I'm going to. I didn't wash my hands. <laughs>
1: So, Dr. Scarlett, what do you think it is about this show that resonates with such a wide audience?
0: Oh, man. I have a lot of patients who really love your show, Joe. And what they really love about the dynamics between the four of you is that you are friends. And yes, you prank each other and you guys are very funny. And what they really like is the depiction of this friendship. And also that even on their darkest day, they're able to laugh. I specialize in PTSD, so I work with individuals who survived some of the worst kind of traumatic experiences, and many of them report that it shows like impractical jokers that are allowing them to make it through the day. I've worked with active duty service members and veterans and survivors of sexual assault, and to be able to laugh at a time of Severe trauma is something that allows that person to turn that light back on to recognize that there is hope out there. And that's what your show does. And I don't know how often people tell you that. I don't know how, how often you know that, but the show is helping people. It's saving people's lives because when people feel like there's no hope left, they can turn to comedy and that comedy can turn that light back on and can allow them to know that there's hope out there and things can get better.
2: Oh, that's great. That's really great to hear that you, you've had that experience, people telling you. And we are fortunate enough to hear that, too. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about social media is that you can actually have a direct line to your fans. And, you know, when I meet people and talk to people, and get messages from people, it's always that same, you know, thing. And that's never lost on me because we've all been there and we've all been trying to get through tough times. And I met you through doing my anti-bullying work and trying to give back and talk to people that need somebody to reach out to. And it's always just one of the best parts, you know, side effects of the fame is that you're able to be that for people. And I love to make people laugh. And it's good to hear that it helps to heal.
1: You were just mentioning that you work in the anti-bullying and that's how you met Dr. Scarley. And along with bringing the joy and laughter to millions of viewers, you work with the Pop Culture Hero Coalition in efforts to take a stand against bullying. Can you tell us a little bit about this organization and your work with them?
2: yeah I actually met them by accident (laughs) (laughs) I was at a comic con and I was walking around and in the you know the autograph section or whatever and I'm walking around and there was a anti-bullying book that was on one of the tables there and I just stopped to look at it and Carrie was at the table Mm who's the author of it and I just started speaking to her and I was like oh and then people started stopping and freaking out and taking pictures with me and she was watching it after we had had this conversation and she's like oh I'm sorry I don't know you I said well I'm actually on a tv show and this was early on this was I think this is about five or six years ago at this point and we're in season two or three and she said I don't know you I said oh it's okay I'm on a television show in Practical Jokers and I and I told her about it and she's like oh and I was like actually I would love to come to your panel and she told me about the panel she's like oh if you'd like you could you know sit on and give your perspective and so I had tweeted out that I was going to be there and Instagram and all that and when I showed up there was a bunch of people at the panel there for me and she was like oh wow she's like people do know you I'm sorry I'm like no it's okay I don't, I don't expect <laughs> everyone to know me so uh so then we sat there and it was a really good panel and where I got to speak a little bit about my experience growing up where I was not always popular and had to deal with my different struggles with bullying and coming into my own and into my comedy and confidence and all that mm-hmm. and I got to meet a lot of fans that way and I was like this was really good and rewarding and I met some really cool people there, Dr. Scarlett being one of them, Matt Langdon from the Hero Roundtable, mm-hmm. who I actually just got back from. I just did again this year, the third year in a row, which I love out in uh, Michigan. Awesome. And it's those kind of things that are really cool to be a part of. I love that as much as anything else I do. It just feels good And that's where I get to meet the people face to face because it's kind of weird for the show. Like if I meet fans during filming, it's bad, right? They're ruining the show because part of our show is we can't know you. If we know you, it doesn't work. Yeah, I was about to say that's a good thing that (laughs) Carrie
1: didn't recognize you because if you're recognized, that kind (laughs) of defeats the skit.
2: (laughs) That's right. So then when I went to this panel and stuff, I was able to talk to fans and connect with them in a different way. So I really enjoyed it and I've just continued to work with chase and carry and they're such wonderful people and it's such a great organization the work they're doing so important and now they can't get rid of me (laughs) (laughs) well
0: and we love having you be a part of it
1: yeah you're an amazing part of it and dr scarlett you're also a part of the pop culture hero coalition as was mentioned can you tell us a little bit about the organization from your perspective and your work with them sure
0: so we are focused on bringing mental health education and anti-bullying education to schools and comic cons to help people understand mental health from pop culture perspective the coalition was founded by carrie goldman who joe mentioned the author of bullied an amazing book on how to help bullying survivors and chase masterson who's most known for her role on star trek and so the two of them together founded this coalition and it's been doing amazing work in terms of providing this kind of education to comic cons and schools I've been very fortunate to be able to contribute some books. For example, I wrote a book called Super Kids. It is a free downloadable book that people can download online. So mental health providers and teachers can download this book. For example, it's available on my website, absolutely free of charge. It's a coloring book and an activity book for kids that have experienced bullying and chronic illness. And it was actually backed by Kickstarter and many amazing supporters like Joe Yourself. It's something that we're hoping that hospitals and schools are going to be utilizing. There are a number of hospitals out there, like children's hospitals, for example, and cancer hospitals that are utilizing this book already to help kids with chronic illness.
1: The work you guys do with this organization is amazing. And this question is for both of you, actually. Bullying is a very serious topic these days. Is there any messages you would like to send out to our audience or perhaps if applicable and you're willing, of course, share a personal story of your own?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, my thing is always that it does get better and you have to just find the people that help make better for you. Like the story I I tell normally, there were these inspirational posters when I was growing up. I don't know how old you are, Dustin, but uh, (laughs) there was like a picture of like an oak tree and it would always be like motivation. And underneath, in like, smaller pen, it would, like, stand tall, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. It was basically, like, the Instagram of uh, what Instagram would come to with motivational quotes. The, the little know? cat
1: hanging there and saying, hang in there.
2: Hang in there, yeah, right. It was, like, eagle soaring, and it was, like, you know, things like that, like confidence. Yeah. Um, but I had one on my wall that had three jet planes in a sunset when the sky, like, with the red sun behind them, and it said, winners surround themselves with winners, and at that time in my life I was probably 15 or so and I was in high school and I didn't really have any friends whatever and my father and I were talking and he said to me he's like you just don't have any winners yet so it's okay to be alone and my my message too is like some people are always like lonely or alone and feels like but it just might be your time to be alone until you find people that you connect with you know I didn't really find my people that I connected with till you know junior year of high school, really. And now I can't get rid of them, you know, 30 years later. (laughs) But uh, it's kind of it kind of is the truth that you might feel like it's the worst, but it might just be a necessary part of your journey. So you just got to hang in there and find people that love you and will be there. You know, another thing I always tell people is that you'll be hard pressed to find a funeral where no one shows up. Like someone will miss you if you're not here. So just find that person while you're alive and connect with that person while you're here and that it does get better and just you basically just have to hang in there and fight through
0: It's yeah. beautiful i think that very often even though we might feel alone we're not alone in our experience and i think that sometimes sharing our experience can allow other people to share their experiences too And so the message that I'd like to send out to people is that if you ever feel alone, share it, share it on social media, share it with other people, let people know how alone you'll feel. And you might be surprised to know how many people feel just as alone as you do all around you. And I think it's in that aloneness that we're all together because it's a universal experience and in that aloneness, we can all band together to practice compassion and connection and understanding. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: That's actually a good point that you bring up, too, about social media. I mean, social media gets a lot of hate for ruining this generation. You'll hear and stuff like that. And I, I agree with part of it, but it's good bad bad with everything. Right. And I think the good out of social media is that there is a connection just by everybody wears on their sleeve what they're like, what they're fans of and whatnot. So I know from my experience, I've seen people become friends because of my TV show, you know, I've seen people come to our live shows or to comic cons or even on our cruise by themselves. And they leave with friends. They make friendships that span the nation. And it really is just really, really cool way to feel not alone. Like, <laughs> you have a jumping off point. You have a conversation starter.
1: Right. And that's the beauty of pop culture and integrating these things is, is the connections we make with people who share our interests. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you one more question. You have a wonderful story that you have shared on a few of the Pop Culture Hero Collision's uh, Comic Con panels. Would you be willing to share this story to our listeners? I know you know which one I'm talking about.
2: My birthday gift? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, I was around 14 years old. I wanted this toy called Pipeworks. At Play School, we know the most creative fun is the kind you build yourself. So we make Pipeworks to build with, play on, and ride in. Play school, Pipeworks, Play School, Pipeworks. Play School's Pipeworks has the special click lock system so it holds together. Click and lock, click and lock. Play School Pipeworks big, sturdy pieces that click together, lock in place, and won't come apart without a Pipeworks wrench. Play School Pipeworks, Play School Pipeworks. I can build a new toy every day. Play School Pipeworks. It was PVC pipe with these connectors, and you could build big things like it came with wheels, like you could build like a little go kart and things like that. It was mm-hmm. an outdoor toy. And uh, growing up, I had a friend next door, my next door neighbor named Jason Joseph, who was, uh, him and I were inseparable. He's my oldest friend. I met him when I was two. And we're still friends today and he was one. So we've known each other, you know, 40 plus years. And we had the two biggest yards in the neighborhood and we always had our friends playing in our yards. And as I got older, you know, Jason got cooler and I got better at math. (laughs) And and so so we weren't, you know, we went on two separate paths. He was good at sports and, and, you know, he had a good social outgoing personality and I was a little bit more of an introvert, a little bit more nerdy. Mm-hmm. So all I wanted was this pipe for my birthday. And it was the year that the movie Willow had come out and I had seen Willow <laughs> and, I, and I loved it. And I was like all about, you know, Mad Mardigan and, yeah. and legendary and all that, you know, hobbity kind of feel and Lord of the Ringsy <laughs> Fantastical. That's how my mind was working at that time. And I was yeah. into creative writing and whatnot. So I wanted pipeworks. I got pipeworks for my birthday. I'm like, great. This is great. So I go outside and I open up the instruction manual. And the first thing they show you how to make is a sword and a shield. So I make them, and I was like, oh, this is a cool sword and shield. And I'm like, oh, let me start you know, playing with this. And I let my imagination run wild, and I started my epic journey in my mind of climbing this mountain and fighting this huge two-headed dragon that breathed fire and ice. And I was in the midst of this epic battle with this dragon. And you know that moment when you feel people looking at you? I, I looked yeah. to my fence, and I, there was this little chain-length four-foot fence, and Jason, who was playing uh, football with a bunch of – friends in the backyard were all leaning on the fence looking at me and and jason was like uh joe and i was like oh hey he's like what are you doing and i was like nothing and i turned like beat red and started to walk away and he goes no what are you doing and i was like I'm just fighting this dragon. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I'm in a tough spot right now. Like his ice breath throws my sword against the wall and I'm just trying to, you know, fight my way out of it. Sure. And Jason said, do you need help? And oh. I said, What? Well, and he said, do you need help? And I said, yeah. And he hopped the fence and he grabbed a couple pieces of pipe works and made a bow staff and him and I together kicked that dragon's ass all over my back <laughs> uh, And starting that summer, it was one of the best summers of my life. Where I started this thing called adventure games where I would just narrate these stories and people would make their, weapons and i would have anywhere from two to 16 kids running around our backyards from you know dawn till dusk playing and it was uh really really cool that that friendship came out of just somebody asking do you need help and having the courage just to say yes so i think that's uh what a lot of people take away from that story
0: that's amazing what a compassionate response from him and also mm-hmm. what a creative game you created. It it seems like almost like a version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. It was it was like a it was it was a
2: really fun thing and I've I actually, you know, I've done a bunch of writing and stuff and I'm always developing projects and one of the ones that hit was actually a loosely scripted idea about that for a film. So it's kinda of mm-hmm. fun to get back into touch with that part of my childhood.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful story and just the whole you need some help aspect of it is just wonderful.
0: And I think that that's really the biggest takeaway for me hearing you tell this story is that's always the right question to ask is, do you need some help or can I help in any way? And I think that when we see somebody in distress, we can always ask that question. And I think that sometimes we think or we might feel powerless to help somebody, but just by... Mere presence, just by standing next to them as they're battling their dragon, or by by grabbing a, a sword or or a bow, mm-hmm. we can help too. And I think that the story really shows the the power of just being there.
2: Yeah, compassion is super powerful. And I I try to use that all throughout. Like I've really adopted the be kind attitude as best I can to help people. You know, not only understand it but live it. And I try online all the time whenever. Someone comes at me, I'll just always respond with a little bit of compassion and try to course correct people because, and people say all the time about oh, why you shouldn't you buy. I'm like, no, because I've seen the results of it. I've seen people just be like not understanding the power of their words, either good or bad. You know, and it's like sometimes you just got to be a good human. Just think about what you're saying or what you're doing for a second and. Forgive people when they do that, you know? It's like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Just move on and you know we could all learn from this and then let's go back to living a good life. So I think that's really important too.
0: Exactly. Or the very least show support for people that are being targeted.
1: Mhm. Yeah. To be honest, we can have you on our show all day. I mean, it's just (laughs) it's wonderful to have you on our show and to talk to you and hear these wonderful stories. And just to have you around your love and kindness and compassion is very infectious. It's, It's wonderful. But I know that you're very busy. So I would like to give you an opportunity to tell people how to reach you on social media or also tell us about your new
2: show people could find me online at joe underscore Gatto on uh, twitter and instagram those are my my two big ones that i use that they could go and the purpose of this conversation i was excited to do it was to talk from the heart about those topics we spoke of i mean people could google and find my shows at anywhere and all that so you know i'm on the misery index i'm on impractical jokers you guys can find me so more importantly i think it's in, important to if you want to connect and you want to enjoy what I'm saying online. Those are the two places to find me. I think it's a little bit better that way, a will peek into my world. <laughs> so those yeah. are the things I'd like to promote here. You guys, yeah, I mean, it's great work what you guys do too. And I've always, you know, Dustin, I've, I've just met you and you know, you're an okay guy too, Val. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, that, that means Dr. a lot Scarlett, coming from you. you yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Scott, you know how much I, I really enjoy and genuinely love you. Like every time Aww. I show up on a panel and you're there too, it's like, oh, this is great. And they normally sit us next to each other. And I always love that. So Aww,
0: Thank you, Joe. It's <laughs> wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much. Much for joining us today
2: oh, yeah. my pleasure guys keep up the good work
0: thank you so much you as well
1: okay. thank you so much joe and thank you all so much for tuning in to superhero therapy with dr janina scarlet again my name is dustin mcginnis you can find me on twitter at the valiant geek
0: and i'm dr janina scarlet you can find me on twitter at shadow quill or dr janina scarlet official on instagram
1: If you want to find out more about the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, you can find them on Twitter at SuperheroIRL, and you can also find them on the web at PopCultureHero.org. Thank you all so much, and be kind out there, everybody.